0: Welcome to Great Commission Conversations, a program where we engage in conversation with Bible-believing Christian workers who are serious about getting the gospel around the world. I'm Lee Cadenhead, missionary to Zimbabwe, Africa, sent out of Cornerstone Baptist Church in Carthage, Tennessee, and your host for this Great Commission Conversation. The scriptures charge us to endure hardness as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. We know very well that in the world, we shall have tribulation, but that Christ has overcome the world, We know that His strength is perfected in our weakness and that His grace is sufficient for our trials. We know these things, and yet we hope that we don't ever have to prove them. My guest today is Evangelist Bill Smith. Brother Bill has been in full-time evangelism for nearly 30 years, and that has included extensive international ministry. He's trying to think scripturally about his role as an evangelist, a topic that we will tackle at greater length in the second part of this interview. In today's program, Brother Bill relates the heartbreaking story of his wife's unexpected death back in 2006 in a tragic automobile accident. That trial left Bill with seven children under the age of 14 and some very difficult decisions to make. The Lord has enabled Brother Bill to continue his work in full-time evangelism with his children both stateside and abroad, and it's a truly powerful story of God's grace. I think that you'll be blessed by the first part of this interview with Brother Bill. Now for the conversation.
1: Brother Bill, you've been in full-time evangelism since 1992. And uh, your ministry's been unique in as much as your Christian service has been divided between stateside ministry and foreign mission work. And I want to talk to you about the... Uh, the ministry, especially some of the international efforts in Africa and India. But if you don't mind, if you would begin by telling us a little bit about your conversion and um, your family and how the Lord dealt with you about your mission service in South Africa.
2: Amen. Thank you, Brother Lee. It is good to be here today. And the, uh, a big overview, I think, is important maybe to, um, to understand a little bit about where I am today i grew up in a christian home um, i was saved as a result of um my family was saved rather as a result of a bus ministry in colorado and i grew up you know going to church since i was about four or five years of age and but i didn't get saved i, I went forward in the service as a child and um, i wasn't dealt with i can remember playing with a balloon and things like that and in the church asking if i was saved and i'd seen the answers so i gave the answers and uh, but i was in a good church two or three different churches as a child, and the church that I was in more in my forming years as a young teenager was very big on missions and ministries. And so I went to Bible college, and um, in my first year of Bible college, I settled my salvation. Um, I, I was very doubtful about it, and I don't believe that I was saved. And um, So I got saved in March of 1988, and um, God just dramatically changed my life. And that had a lot to do with my calling, um, because after I got saved, the the first thing that came to my mind was is well, what do I do now? I, you know, I came to Bible college um realistically as a young person, always thinking I would be a pastor. And so I, I got saved on a Saturday, baptized on a Sunday in, in in March, and um I went the next Monday and I said, Well, what do I do now? Do I stay in Bible college? and um, i was just looking through the scriptures and praying and god gave me from the book of isaiah chapter number six when you know god said whom shall i send who will go for us and isaiah said here my lord send me and that became the verse that god gave to me at that time that i would surrender and say lord whatever you want with my life and um god didn't take long where he began to shape that and i realized that Um, I was not a pastor Um, that's not what God had given for me to do and so at that time the ministry of the evangelist became very real in my heart and I began to talk to other men that were in evangelism and I spent my summers when I was in college um, traveling with uh, evangelist Joe Boyd and running his children's ministries and things of that nature and so that's how my ministry got started um, then it took different shapes. Um, when I graduated from college, I was um, trying to get started in the ministry. And, you know, when you're 21 years of age, not too many pastors are going to have you in for a week to preach. And, um, you know, just I, I don't blame them. Why would you? You, you know, what are you going to do to the <laughs> church? And but but then I began to realize that an evangelist is really not a, a preaching ministry like that. Um, that's part of what it is. But God really clearly showed me a couple of things. And Um, I began to work a lot with children because that's where I had gifts and abilities. And so since 1993, um, every summer we've done anywhere from 11 to 12 vacation Bible schools. Um, A lot of my overseas ministries has a lot to do with helping churches reach children and through that getting families in the church. Um, But I also uh, met a, a young man that was starting the church in Kansas. He was younger than me. And... I went there and, you know, we didn't have a revival. We didn't preach every night. We just went soul winning, knocking doors, canvassing the town. And, and God blessed that church. People got saved, baptized. And I began to realize that there were all over America, there were churches trying to get started. There were young men. There were um, churches that had kind of died away and someone was trying to restart them. And instantly I had all the meetings that I could ever want. Um when you called a pastor and said, "I'm not interested in preaching every night, but I'm interested in helping you evangelize your community," um, I hardly had a pastor say no. They said, "Oh man, wow. come! You know, come and help yeah. us in that area," and um, because it was a great need. And so, the reality is, since the end of '93, somewhere in there, um, we just were busy. Uh, my wife and I, my children, and um, and then. It was in 96 when i went more into overseas ministries and and we'll talk about that a little bit more maybe later on but um i met my wife um in college and so we got married in um, our spring our final year of bible college our spring semester in 1991 Uh, we got married and um, before we ever married i i already knew god wanted me in evangelism I was settled on that and so I was very particular that any young lady that I had interest with that she understood that it would be a different life um, I was pretty convinced that I wouldn't leave my wife at home be gone for weeks on end um, but that my family would be with me wherever I traveled um, and so you know she was in 100% agreement with that and so we started down the road we traveled in a car for you know, about three years. We didn't really have an RV or anything. We couldn't really afford it. And um, we finally were able to purchase a a fifth wheel and a truck. And over the years, we had seven children, six girls, one boy. My boy is the second to last. And um, all of my children, you know, we lived on the road. That's all we've ever done since then. We've, I've never owned a house. We rented an apartment when we were first married for a year. Um, But other than that, we just stayed in missions houses and families houses and Till we had our own house and you know been on the road since all of that time and um god's god's blessed you know in some great ways in all of that area so
1: amen um as as is so often the case in christian service um the ministry that uh that we envision ourselves uh, having and being a part of takes a different shape than we had originally envisioned and anticipated and sometimes there are even some events or tragedies that take place in our lives that are really formative for the trajectory of our Christian service. And one of the things that, that I wanted to talk to you about, and I'm, I'm really appreciative, i realize this is a sensitive subject, one of the things I wanted to speak to you about was a particular tragedy that occurred in your family that has uh, no doubt had a significant impact on shape of your ministry over the years and that was the death of your wife uh, early on in your ministry and obviously that would have led to some some really uh significant soul searching and seeking the lord as to how that would impact your calling and the exercise of your gifts in ministry so if you don't mind Uh, walk us through the experience of, um, how did this, how'd this come about? Um, how did your, how did your wife die and, uh, how did you, um, process that and, uh, navigate that with your family and with your ministry? Okay.
2: I'm gonna, I'm gonna back up just a little bit to, to get to where, um, those events took place because, as you said, there are things that shape our ministries. And um, early on in '93, I was shaped by the realization of the need of churches with evangelism, um, children's ministries, and we were we were quite happy with that. Like I said, we were we were busy from '93 up until '95. Um, we were just—I mean, we had meetings. We were, you know, content and I really never ever thought of going overseas. I, I really didn't. I was, I said, America needs help. And that's where God has put me. And so, but in 96, 1996, a friend of mine went to India to meet a national pastor over there, a local pastor over there and, and came back just telling amazing stories. And when well, my heart began to get stirred with that. And so God through some very miraculous things. Um, a church that I, the church that I'm now a member of, but I wasn't at that time um, called me and asked if I was interested in going on one of these trips to India and they paid the way. And, um, I'll never forget when I walked into India and the first time that I preached was in the middle of nowhere's crossroads finished preaching and through an interpreter and everything. And it was the middle of the night. It was maybe one in the morning and a little, a widow lady, a young, a crippled up lady small came up to the little table and she banged some Indian rupees on the table and was saying some things. And through the interpreter, she basically conveyed that if we would come and preach in her village, um, she would give all of her money to us. Wow. And, um, it it really grabbed my heart. Um, but I was concerned that, you know, I didn't want to be emotionally stirred. Um, so I did a lot of praying and, and, and that's one of the things where God showed me was that I'm an evangelist and it didn't matter whether I was in America or India, I needed to fulfill that calling. And so we began to, I began to take trips into India, um, made over 20 some trips into the country and um, just preaching and helping pastors over there and training men. And, um, and, and I never took my wife or my children on those, those trips because they were intense. They were short. They were just a few days. Um, maybe a week at a time and then in 2003 um, the opportunity to go to South Africa came about and um, a friend of mine missionary Jeff Porter just kept asking me to come and do some youth work and things of that nature over there and I just told him I didn't have the time I really didn't but um, then he mentioned it was over Christmas December and and uh, that was the one time that I really wasn't busy in America um, you know, holidays and things. So I, I talked to my wife, we prayed about it, and um, felt that I could do a couple of weeks over there. So we began to do that in 2003. Um, but once again, I wasn't taking my wife or my children overseas at that time. But as I went into South Africa, I began to see the need for extended ministry over there. Um, many of the local pastors were asking for help. And just like in my early days in America in '93, saying, know we need help evangelizing. we need help training um so we began to pursue thinking about staying over in south africa for three to five months at a time which obviously would entail my family then going with me i wouldn't want to leave them you know more than just a week or two and so we we began to consider that and so then in 2006 early um my last daughter was born and 2006 was probably the hardest year that I ever faced in my ministry. Um, My wife began to experience um, after the birth of of Lydia, uh, postpartum depression and things like that. And um, it was very difficult trying to travel from church to church and, and just, you know, trying to take time to help her to recover. Um, She didn't travel right away after the birth of, of the child and everything after the birth of Lydia, but it began to be an issue. And, um, and of course, we were thinking, here we are getting ready to um, make a transition into Africa. Very clearly, it's what God wanted. Um, my wife was absolutely for it. She had never been there. And um, we were making plans for her and my oldest daughter to go over and spend time with me there for a month to kind of see things and figure out how we would live over there a little bit differently. And um, but boy, we just battled this, battled this. And um, we had battled it once before with my first child. And, um, and then the others, there was no problem. So a lot of prayer, a lot of, you know, medical things and thinking. And, um, and one of the things that goes with that sometimes is, you know, what the medical world calls a panic attack. And, and my wife would have those on occasions. And, and so we dealt with it as best we could and kept looking for answers. And, you know, sometimes it seems like you try everything and nothing nothing seems to work and physical, spiritual prayer and um, so we were getting ready to cancel the um, the plans to go into South Africa um, just didn't feel like we could do that and and um, but my wife came to me one day and she just said she said no we need to still go into South Africa and she she said God she you know she, she'd reading her scriptures and she was always reading her Bible and making notes and um, just tremendous her love for God and help to preachers wives. And she wasn't a teacher. She never liked to stand and teach before she would just sit and talk and encourage. And, and she said, you know, God gave her verses. And we've kind of always operated our ministry that way that, you know, we need a scriptural principle to live by and walk by. And um, from the life of Abraham, when Abraham was told, you know, get thee up and get thee out of the country. And she said, I still believe God wants us to go into South Africa and i said okay so we kept the trip planned and we went and um we had a good trip it was uh, very profitable um my daughter my oldest daughter bethany and my wife and i and uh, my wife was very much yeah this could be a great you know future and and helping over here there's such needs and so we um returned from south africa she was still battling um some of the depression and occasionally the um the panic attacks that that would come upon her and just overwhelming fear, claustrophobia. Um, yeah, I could not stand being in a room or in a vehicle. And so we arrived back from, um, South Africa. We flew back into Canada, which is where my other children were at with my um, brother-in-law. And so we left his house that morning and she, she was fine. She seemed fine. She was actually reading. She was doing a little study on Psalm 107 and, um, it was actually some messages that I had preached and she was kind of going through those and we were talking about it and, and something triggered a panic attack and, um, inside the vehicle. And she just, it, you know, been there many times with it. And, and in, in the midst of all of that, trying to help her, I, I I'm the one that lost control of the vehicle. That's what caused the accident. And, um, we rolled off of a, a cliff and she was thrown in, and. um, her life stopped, and she went to heaven on that day. And um, it was hard; it was truly very hard. But um, I've learned one thing: is God's grace. You you can never understand it until you need it. Uh, it's kind of like salvation. Nobody can understand the grace of salvation until they get saved, and then they understand how wonderful it is. And when you go through anything in your life, and and you know hundreds of thousands of christians have gone through great sorrows Um, but every one of them that went through that if they looked to god they found the grace and um, he always says his grace is sufficient so um that was you know that was in december of 2006 and had seven children my youngest one was you know just a baby and i at that point I didn't think that I could preach again I really struggled I I didn't preach I you know just couldn't and um January went on we had the funeral and um we had to delay it because of it being in Canada and wanting to do things in the funeral in 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 the states in Kansas where her family's at and but on my pastor I was finally able to have a face-to-face sit down with him and um you know the thing that he told me that day sitting there was he asked me a pretty straight question he said um brother billy said what's what's changed and um you know and i was probably looking more for sympathy and you know well you know my wife has just died and i've got seven kids and you know what am i going to do now how am i going to you know i mean my wife was a very backbone of what i was doing with my family and everything and and um you know, he, he helped me to see that day that God's calling hadn't changed. And, um, and that goes back to South Africa was that our plan had been in 2007 to spend at least five months in South Africa, working in the ministries. And, um, my pastor really helped me with that. Cause a lot of my, a lot of my friends and a lot of other people were like, well, you're, you're just going to have to go settle down somewhere and, you know, be a assistant helping a church, which would nothing wrong with that. It's a great thing if that's what God has. Um, but that's not what God had for me. And um, that and I think it's one thing that's very important that you have to know your call. And um, I knew God had called me to be an evangelist. I'd been offered churches several times in my ministry. And, um, you know, they wanted me to come and pastor. And I always felt that, no, I'm not a pastor. I'm an evangelist. I knew that. And My pastor helped me to see that, that um, it hadn't, that the calling hadn't changed and um, God would provide, God would give the grace. And so 2007 in um, September, October time, um, I took seven kids and we flew out of Atlanta and um, went to South Africa and spent five months there. And we've been doing that ever since um, up until this year. And we've, we've spent time over there and God's grace has been wonderful and sufficient and um but it but it did make some changes in life and ministry, obviously. And um I never felt that God wanted me to remarry. I prayed about it, considered it much. Um, but didn't feel that it was where God wanted me to have. And um so that's the reason I stayed single and just kept pressing on for the Lord.
1: Brother, that's a that's a very moving moving account and uh I don't believe that anyone would have blamed you had you had you (laughs) settled down and um, taken an assistant pastorate somewhere or just determined not to pursue uh, the foreign ministry that the Lord had put upon your heart. I think it's one thing to make your mind up after a life altering tragedy like that, that you're going to keep serving God. It's it's obviously quite another thing. To raise a family as a single father and divide your ministry between uh, Africa and America. And now you've been doing that, though, for for 14 years. Uh, That's just uh, it's a powerful story. And uh, I guess it's certainly a demonstration over these last 14 years of of the grace of God. I don't know how uh, what else could explain uh, the, the endurance and the continuance, the perseverance that you've experienced in ministry, if it had not been for the grace of God. But with that said, I mean, brother, I just can't imagine um, what you've been through. I can't, you know, our family is preparing to go to Africa right now and uh, different kind of a, a, a bit of a different, uh, different ministry, obviously. But I still have young children at home. I just can't even imagine How, for 14 years now, uh, raising uh, kids and doing ministry and dividing that ministry between foreign ministry and domestic ministry, uh, what has that looked like for your family? Uh, Even in terms of brass tacks, uh, how how have you been able to make that work? Um, And how have you been able to involve your your children? And and I think that. if I recall, the the Lord has provided some some support for you from the standpoint of of having some having some trustworthy people that that are invested in your children's lives, grandparents and that kind of thing. So, how has this developed, and and have you made this work in the over the last fourteen years?
2: Yes, well, there's yeah many, um, practically speaking. Obviously, we know God gets the glory and um I don't ever want to take away from how good he is and what he's done because he truly has given given much but part of what he's given is is people and I'm eternally grateful for um my parents you know who have always it's not easy when all your children my, my mom and dad they Um, Got saved and they have seven kids and all of my brothers and sisters are in the ministry, but they're scattered everywhere from Canada to my sister in South Africa to three of my brothers are pastors. Um, My other sister, her husband's planted churches in Canada. So, you know, my parents really have never got to enjoy their children being around them. Um, You know, that's a that's a sacrifice that you make when your children go in the ministry and they don't stay where you are. But um, I'm forever thankful for my parents and the raising as a child they gave to me, uh, my, my wife's parents, likewise, um, you know, f- extremely and over and beyond supportive of the ministry, um, not resenting me taking the children um, over to Africa. I mean, if you could imagine, you know, your son-in-law taking your seven grandchildren to Africa. Um, sure. Sure after the passing of their daughter and his wife, and they have been such godly Christians and supportive of that. Um, and then um, just friends. Um, boy, I tell you, just amazing. I, I, you know, I know people tell bad stories about churches and, you know, in the ministry, but I, I'll be honest. I I don't have hardly any stories that I, you know, I just don't look at that way. I think God's blessed us with, good churches uh, that we've ministered in Um, multitudes of pastor's wives who when we were in the church working they they really helped you know I have six daughters you know one son and you as a father you can't be the mother to your daughters it's just not going to happen and Mm -hmm. um, so many pastor's wives that just you know saw the need that my daughters would have and they would you know mentor them and teach them and help them and encourage them and and then obviously we're in Africa um, brother Jeff and Cindy Porter Cindy Porter was just a, a tremendous um, strength to my children um, they I mean they love her to no end and you know we would be over there and she just took good care of them and so what a great blessing and brother Jeff like a second dad to him just you know tremendous you know with my kids and so that's one of the things, I mean, obviously there was, you know, you homeschool and um, I'm very thankful for my older children, my oldest daughter, Bethany and Hannah, they, they had to bear um, huge burdens. You know, they were, she was, you know, 13, 14 and 15, trying to do her own school, but still managing the house, you know, as we traveled from place to place in the fifth wheel and and they can tell the stories, you know, of every year packing up and, September and putting all the school books in, you know, you can imagine seven kids and myself, eight people, 16 suitcases, sometimes extra ones full of supplies for the porters and um, our school books and clothes. And, you know, so, so my children bore a lot of burdens um, in that area, but, you know, we never, I guess it was never like poor us. It was just this such a blessing to serve the Lord. It's such a blessing to be able to do it. Um, And that's, you know, that's something I've always strived to, to teach my children is that, you know, we're blessed. I mean, we get, you know, people say, how do you travel everywhere? How do you live in a fifth? How do you, I said, we're blessed. I mean, my kids have seen the world. Um, they've seen the States. <laughs> they, um, they know more pastors than, you know, just, you know, we're just so we get to see everything and, and there's not a negative there. There's just not, it's not, you know, I mean, yeah, you sometimes blow engines, transmissions, flat tires, you, you know drive all night and there's all those physical things but but the blessings of just seeing what god is doing around the world um exceed everything so that's something i've always tried to keep before them and then also involvement um you know they are immersed in ministry um you know when when i go knocking doors you know they go we, we take them it didn't matter if they were just in a baby buggy you know it, take your little child and put them on the doorstep and people kinder to you anyhow. And, um, <laughs> you know, and then have fun afterwards. You know, you you go out for a few hours and you knock doors, hand out flyers and whatever, and witness to people. And when you're done, you you go to Dairy Queen and get an ice cream, you know, and have sure. that fun. And, and so we maintained um, the stateside ministry, obviously going out of the country um, from usually September, October until about April, the first part of April, the church planning aspect that I was doing here in America, working with church plants, um, faded away. I just, because that's primarily what I would do. That was in the fall and the spring before, but now it was centered unto, into Africa and we were helping local pastors there with their ministries. I still maintain the, the um, vacation Bible schools in America because I found it so fruitful. We still Um, 11 to 12 every year, even last summer in the middle of COVID, we did nine vacation Bible schools, um, across America. And so that's what we do. And in South Africa, we do a lot of children's ministries in Zimbabwe. We do a lot of children's ministries because it is very fruitful. It gives you access to the parents. Um, the children come in the mornings, the parents come at night. Um, we preach to them. It helps, it helps get favor. You know, when you go into a village, when you do kind things for the children it does open doors. And so that's just an aspect of our ministry. We've always maintained whether it's overseas or here in America. And, um, that's, that's kind of where that is now, as far as my kids, you know, they, God's, God's just given them the ability to adapt. And, um, because that's all they've ever known. you know, it's, um, it's not like they had to transition to it. They've always just known life on the road. And, So I think that's a little easier than if you were, you know, if your kids had been 10, 15 years established someplace and then all of a sudden they're going to go into the type of ministry that we have would be much more difficult.
1: How did you explain to your older children anyway that um, could they, did it make sense to them uh, when their mom passed away to just continue to press on in ministry? How did you, how did you convey your calling, which is not precisely their calling? They're they're attached to you. Uh, how did you convey that that you know the the mom's mom's gone to heaven, but um but but life goes on here, and and we're gonna we're gonna continue to do what we've been doing. I mean, was that pretty seamless as far as trying to uh, convey convey what God did in your heart to them? Because I guess your your oldest was what was she thirteen, 13 right. at the time? Yeah, wow, brother. <laughs> I just, yeah. I can't imagine.
2: Yeah, I think um, honestly, I think that had I not gone forward, my children probably would not be where they are today. Um, I, I really believe that. I because, and it goes back to what my pastor said. He said, "What's changed?" and and, and yes, also we lost, you know, mother and wife and you know, irreplaceable. I mean, you can't replace that. It's just not possible. Um, but, but my kids were already in the ministry. Um, they, they were like active. I mean, they witnessed to people, they, they handed out tracks. They, when we did vacation Bible schools, they were involved in it. Um, my oldest daughter had been with me to Africa, which I think helped her a lot because when she was over there, um, for that month of December, she fell in love with the place. And so to go back there, I think was was like, wow, yeah, I want to go back to Africa. And um, and I think that conveys from child to child. Um, and, and now my oldest daughter is married and her and her husband, they're missionaries in Kenya. You know, that's, she never lost that desire. You know, my, my second daughter, um, you know, I think she was more of the, the mother, the fill in the home and Obviously her concern was was the home I believe and so as long as she had that place you know of whether it was the RV or the place in Africa or, or even the, you know the village I mean we you know we packed all the kids up and we um, <laughs> you can imagine seven six girls, one boy you know the youngest they're two and three years old and me and and we're out in an African village sleeping in the pastor's house or back room you know or, or pitching tents Um, It was a novelty to the people, you know, and, um, you know, and, you know, there's no running water in some of those places it's, you know, bucket showers and, you know, you're eating their food and, but they just, you know, they just loved it. They just adapted. And, and like I said, that was because we, we already did that even in America. Um, you know, I've, I've never felt to go into a church and tell the church what they need to do. Um, we're there to serve them. And so our ministry was never the same week to week. Um, when we came into the church it was pastor what can we do to help you and so it, you know it was always different and um, my kids grew up that way with always knowing that it's not about what we want it's just about what god wants and be flexible you know and you know you some you know just i'm really i mean it's just the whole life of that where Every day there's a new schedule. Just um, Well, we were going to do this, but now we're going to do this because that's what the church is doing. That's what the pastor wants. And and it's fun. It's fine. You know, it's just that's what we do. And so I think a lot of that background already being in place made it a lot easier to adapt. Had we been a lot more rigid in our life, um, you know, with a schedule and this and that, and um, it might have been much more difficult. And,
1: um, well in as much as kids thrive on some sort of consistency right. your consistency was in the was in the non-schedule right. and, and, that, and, what, and what carried over
2: yeah. right and we do have like you know this is like school I'm you know I'm just dogmatic about school my kids start school every morning they you know so there's some things that are like this is what we do right because sure. they do need that structure and um but at the same time yes it's like you know, beyond the things that are absolutely essential, um, life is a roller coaster.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and the, uh, I, I guess the, the, the really, uh, traumatic experience of losing a parent, uh, is often compounded by the other elements that change immediately when a child loses a parent. Um, and, and you were able to some many of those things didn't change for your children because the ministry continued right and uh, you, you were able to continue to do the things that they were familiar with doing and uh, well I, I guess you mentioned that your that your oldest daughter is even today she and her husband are on the mission field in Africa something got in her heart that uh, that never went away even. From her teenage years of exposure to to African missions, how have your the, the rest of the kids? I mean, that's a that's a delicate question sure uh, for a lot of people. But how have they how have they done over oh, the years?
2: It's, it's it's been a blessing. And um, my oldest daughter, like I said, she's in Kenya. She you know she spent um, quite a bit of time in South Africa after she graduated from high school, um, working in the ministries over there. And then ended up in Kenya. My second daughter, um, and my daughter in Kenya has two children and one on the way. And so they're just they're devoted to to reaching Kenya and into Somalia is their heart. And then my second daughter's in in Ohio, Hannah, and her husband is just boy a faithful man in the church. And my daughter teaches Sunday school and and they love the church. And and like I said, she was the my daughter Hannah was very stable for my, for our home. She was the, you know, the homemaker, making sure things were done. Um, it's kind of funny cause my, um, you asked my younger children and like, oh yeah, Bethany, she was fun. And Bethany was all ministry. And, um, Hannah was all business, <laughs> you know, clean the house, <laughs> do the work. And it's interesting. And that's where her heart is. And she's just a great mother and, a, you know, a, in, in our church in Ohio and just, that's where her heart is. And it's a blessing to see that. And then my third daughter, Leah, just recently got married. Um, to Christopher Thompson and they're going to Ecuador as missionaries and um, she's very passionate about that and then my next two daughters Ashley and Abigail they're both not really in home with me anymore um, they spent about two years they, uh, they spent some time in Kenya when Bethany was having a, a child and they spent about two years in South Africa um, working in the ministries there and um, they were there up until the middle of COVID and then I had to bring them back for my daughter other daughter's marriage and so they came back for the wedding and their hearts are both towards missions and what God wants. Um, my daughter Ashley's not exactly settled on all that where God wants, but she's just, you know, loves the Lord and very faithful and everything. But my next daughter Abigail definitely is um, Africa's in her, and she really plans to go back there and not specifically to South Africa, but somewhere um, to do missions. And that's just her heartbeat. And then the two children that are with me in the home, my son Andrew. Um, he graduates a year from now, and he just loves the Lord. He's a very great help in all the ministries. Loves Zimbabwe when we're there. That's kind of his favorite place. But he's not really sure exactly where God wants him to settle down. But um, right now, he's obviously, if nothing directs missions-wise, then he wants to just be in our church in Ohio and get a job and you know be a faithful person in the church there. So he's just a little unsettled in that right now. But he's you know just a good young man that loves the Lord. And then my youngest daughter, Lydia, um, she's already has great interest in missions. And, you know, maybe Africa, she really does enjoy it, but she's not 100% committed there. But she definitely believes God would have her in missions. And so um, I'm very thankful, very grateful for all of that. And um, and like I said, I, I think had I diverted from the chorus, I wouldn't have that testimony today. Um, I don't know what it would be, but... I'm thankful that, that God allowed us to go forward because I think it shaped my children's lives in a great way.
1: Brother, as, uh, in first Peter four, it talks about, uh, being stewards of the manifold grace of God. And the context is actually the exercise of, of our gifts Mm -hmm. in Christ. And I, 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 I've often pictured that, uh, you know, a manifold is God, God pours his grace, into our lives through others, and a, it, just a, a theme that that consistently develops on the podcast here. Because and it's and it's simply a biblical, it's a biblical theme. It's the relationship between missions and the church and the home, because that's life. That's ministry. That's that's what being a Christian is all about. This is we're part of the church. We're part of a family. And God does pour his grace through his people into our lives. And I'm so thankful for you to have acknowledged the goodness of the people of God. You, there are horror stories out there, as you mentioned, but God's people are the best people in the world. Yeah, amen. And, and you've obviously experienced that and your children have experienced that. And then, uh, you know, the home, uh, it sounds like each of your children... They they were able to find their place in the family, and God has uh, used your children to meet the needs of others of your children, and uh, all under your headship as the as the father in the home. And despite some very difficult circumstances, uh, it sounds as though they've thrived. And so I actually had uh, I actually had thought about this this. Podcast, at least this first part, in terms of enduring hardness uh, as good soldiers of Jesus Christ, and and uh, brother, obviously you have endured you you have you have stayed the course and been faithful through some very trying uh, circumstances, but it also sounds like God has sweetened these things for you by His grace and uh, His His grace has measured to your family's need and the Lord has continued to use you and used your children. And, uh, it sounds like, uh, here 14 years later that, uh, you've really, you've really experienced, uh, it's been a great just serving God's just wonderful <laughs> under, under whatever, whatever circumstances, <laughs> and, I guess. And,
2: and it is because y- you can spend all day talking about the struggles I mean, they're, they're there. They're real. I mean, we've, like I said, we've blown truck engines. We've, you know, sat by the side of the road and you know, we've, you have all those things in life, but you know what? So does everybody else. Um, right. Nobody lives life without troubles. Nobody lives life without difficulties. Um, nobody, I mean, it's just, that's it. And, and, but if you, if you can say, it's not about this life, it's about eternal life. And, and, um, and I guess that's something I've always asked God to help my kids understand that it really isn't about here. It's this is short. This is brief. I mean, we, we get so many days and our life is over and um, we need to make a difference for the Lord and um, live for him. That's what really matters. And that doesn't matter whether you're you know, employed as a contractor or whether you're as a pastor, evangelist or something doesn't matter live for god and um because it's just a brief life and um the troubles really are not as big if we don't focus on them and that's just truth you know Amen.
1: brother i i really appreciate your your mentality about these things your perspective and i'm i'm also thankful for your transparency about um some of the things that that you've been through and how god has demonstrated his is the sufficiency of his grace in your life and in your family.
0: That's all for the program today. I appreciate you tuning in and I hope today's interview has been edifying for you. In the second part of my interview with Brother Bill, we delve into the scriptural office of the evangelist and what the work of an evangelist looks like, particularly in relation to foreign missions. It's a provocative and informative look at a neglected biblical subject and I hope you'll tune in for that segment next week. Thank you again for joining me today. You can subscribe to this program on a variety of podcast apps and platforms and if it's been a blessing to you, feel free to invite others to tune in. I always welcome your feedback. You can contact me, Brother Lee, by email at Conversations at gmail.com. Until next time, let's do what we can to preach the gospel in the regions beyond.